Welcome back everyone to our fourth episode of Shisalfa. I am so excited to have our conversation today with our guest, but I'm going to save that as a surprise for after the icebreaker. <laughs> as if like the name of the guest is not <laughs> in the title and as if an illustration of her is not on the cover of this podcast episode right now. But look, I was anyway. just trying to keep it spicy. There's no spice, please. I mean, no. What was I gonna? Oh my god! Now I forgot my icebreaker. Oh no! Now I remember. Now I remember it. Okay, was I so funny that you forgot your icebreaker? Mm, yeah, very much so. Thank you. I mean, this should just be turned into a comedy show, and you should just lead us. It should be. But period. Now I forget. Oh my god! Stop! Like I keep forgetting. No, now I remember. Okay, my question was going to be: What is your favorite city and why? My favorite city. Yeah. I always have such a hard time with favorites. You know what I mean? Like favorite. I'm like, what do you mean favorite? Um, okay, favorite outside of. No, I don't want to say outside of the UAE. Okay, yeah, outside of the UAE. That made it easier, by the way, because I was gonna be like, well, that be obviously. Yeah. Um. Okay, so my favorite city outside of Bulabi, uh, probably uh, what comes to mind almost immediately was, um, I'm stuck between two places. I really enjoyed being in uh, Como, like th- th- uh, this summer, because I got to oh travel. Oh my God, yes. So I really enjoyed lake life. Like I forgot how much better lakes were than the ocean. No offense to ocean lovers. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. Wallah. Yeah. And then the second one would probably be Logano. And again, both of them, I think, are just born out of... Oh my God, both in Switzerland. Uh, no, one is in Italy. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Does it, is, aren't parts of Como in Switzerland? They. I don't know. Is it? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. Any, any but Italians, Lugano's in Switzerland. Yeah, in, any Italians listening, please let me know. Uh, yes. But again, I think honestly, I think honestly, a lot of the times, um, like my favorite place or like when I enjoy a place that I travel to, it's not because necessarily the place itself, but because of the experiences that you end up having and the people you're with, you know. Mm. That's why I'm so in love with Switzerland too as a country, because like I had so many good experiences. In that country. That's so nice. Um, That's so nice. So besides like, literally Lugano is also at the top of my like list. I love Lugano so much. Um, or, like it, everything about Switzerland is perfection. But <laughs> I want to also say London. And I know London is such a like, like such a basic answer. I know because I was like, I don't want to be that Khaliji. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know, I don't want to be that Khaliji, you know, but the reason I love London so much is because it's such a lively city, you know, it's always, always, always moving. And I love that. I love that so much about a city. I love that energy. I love waking up in the morning and like, you can literally do something new every single day. I feel like living in London is so much more different than visiting London. Like living there is a whole nother experience and I'm going back soon, inshallah. I'm excited, yeah. I'm just so excited. And our guest in this on this episode is, is in, in London, London right, right now, now, actually. Yeah. What a nice little segue, Salem. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so our guest today is Malaika, uh, Malaika Munchi, um, who is the Desi princess that's based between London and Dubai. 
Um, Malaika Munshi is a wonderful artist. I love her vision. I like. I, if you guys don't follow her already, please go forward and follow her on Instagram right now. Just because this, literally every single time I pop onto her page, I'm like, wow, what a queen. Um, and go forward and also follow her uh, business. That is not a business. Uh, at Weary W W E A R Y. And follow Malaika on Instagram. And before I get ahead of myself, let's start today's episode with Malaika. 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 Oh my God, I keep pronouncing your name wrong and I feel so bad because nobody ever corrects me. It's fine. I've been called by that pronunciation my whole life. So, Malaika, thank you for joining us this episode. Um, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Can you tell them about yourself a little bit? Um, and yeah. So, my name is Malaika Munshi. Um, I grew up in Sharjah and I'm currently an artist and photographer. I study fashion promotion in London and I just turned 20. Ooh, love that. 20 was such a jarring age to turn conceptually because I was just like, I feel fine, but why does this number feel so heavy? No, yeah, yeah exactly. 20 is such a weird... I feel like 20 is random, but 21 makes sense, you know, because it's like... Yeah, like, you don't know how much pressure stuff. to put on yourself for 20. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like you're in the middle of everything. You're in the middle of university. You left high school a few years ago. It's like... What the hell do I do with my life? Exactly. When you're 18, everyone's like, they know that, oh my God, 18, you're going to f*** up. Like, you will. Like, you know what I mean? And they just know it. But at 20, I feel like all of a sudden people are like, you're you're an adult now. Like, and, and yeah. it's like, I don't feel like it. But having spent 20 years living on this planet, Malaika, yeah. and having spent a lot of that time in Sharjah, this brings me to our first question and the first thing I want to talk about um, in this episode. And it's about Sharjah specifically and how you think um, Sharjah's cultural and Sharjah's urban landscape has affected your sense of, of self and how you understand yourself, how you understand your identity. How has Sharjah played a role in that development? So I see Sharjah as like extremely diverse. Um, I grew up around almost every possible nationality, race, and religion. Um, and that just, like, in itself was such a vital part of, like, my upbringing because, like, I was constantly exposed to things that were different to me. Um, and I think that also allowed me to realize that, like, Sharjah itself as a city was raw and unfiltered in comparison to, for example, Dubai. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask you about, like, how does it differ from Dubai? Because Dubai is also multinational. Like, the, in terms of, like, its multinational sense, like, that, that's what brings it, that's what makes it similar. But then, like, what I think separates it is how Sharjah is just so, like, raw and unfiltered. Mm -hmm. um, there's no, like, sugarcoating anything. So and what does raw and unfiltered mean to you? in like how you how does how do you see that in your daily life what do you see and what do you experience what do you feel when it's that makes it raw and unfiltered 
or on the flip side, what wouldn't be raw or unfiltered? Like what would what is what makes the bay not raw and unfiltered, for example? Like a- when you from an outside perspective of someone who didn't grow up in the UAE, when they think of Dubai, they think of like really nice architecture, like fancy, like basically everything big and bougie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like more time people have never even heard of Sharjah. And that in itself is just like, it's just this like secret underground place that the rest of the world doesn't know about. <laughs> and that, it, it makes me feel like I have this power to like share what I want with the world exactly. and what I, how I want the world to perceive it. That's so cool. Mm. I love Sharjah so much. I wish Same. the world um, could consume and interact and engage with Sharjah as much as um, even as much as, especially you, because you live there. But I yeah. wish I could interact more with Sharjah. The city is just such a different. It's such a hidden, hidden gem. gem, like you know, yeah, yeah. Like I swear, like and it's like, weird. It's a whole emirate. Like how can a yeah. whole emirate be a and like, hidden gem? People sing, yeah. like they make like people used to make jokes. Like do you have running water? Like like oh right. my god, this whole city. <laughs> <laughs> You know it's what's a whole funnier, damn though? development. Like no, like like I think yeah. just to contrast it though, like I feel like another joke that I always hear is about Amul Qaywain, where it's like they only have one roundabout. Like you oh, know I'm what I mean? Sorry. I make the <laughs> yeah. joke. Nella, I make the joke. Amul Qaywain has one roundabout, y'all. One. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Stop. Just I make please. that joke too, and it's so bad because I hate when people make those kind of jokes about Sharjah. But then <laughs> no. here I am doing the same. Literally, it's so funny because I was t- telling my mom about this. I was like, oh, like, Amal Qiwain isn't even em- an emirate. It's just a highway. And she just was, she, she, she's usually really defensive, you know, but she just, she was like, yeah, honestly. I was like, oh my God, she also agrees. Like, you know, I, I feel someone, bad. No offense to the Amal Qiwain kids. Like, you know, like, we love you. But like, yeah. yeah. I get the short end of the stick as well. Like, yeah, because I'm from Al-Ain as well. So, like, it's fine. You can call, like, whatever. <laughs> but then, so, like, so it's this hidden gem. It's this city yeah. that, like, is raw and unfiltered. How does you walking through this city help you understand yourself? How do you find passion and your identity when you walk through Sharjah streets, when you walk through its markets, when you walk through these spaces? So, one thing is that, like, there's such a big influence of Desi culture, mm-hmm. like everywhere in Sharjah. Like a lot of people speak Hindi. Most people watch Bollywood. Even if you don't speak Hindi, you'll go watch it and read the subtitles. Everybody loves to go for chai. Like it's just like these little, little things you don't even, they're so ingrained into your daily life that you don't realize that they're derived from like Indian culture. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone's kind of like, partaking in these things and like everyone loves it but they don't even like realize um and that just that was kind of just like something really important to me because like growing up I was so like not in touch with being Indian because of how like diverse my background was that like I was just like lost um Mm -hmm. and then like as I as I grew older and realized that like I don't need to choose a specific place of like origin or whatever like that's when it made me start appreciating these little things and noticing daily like these things in daily life i feel like we were gonna ask the same question but i was gonna say i was just going (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say do you think you act so this realization that you're having lately yeah do you think now that it actively is reproduced in your work 
or do you think it's something that just naturally happens now? So do you decide, okay, now I actually want to show this side of my identity or is it something that has just become so natural and just happens? It definitely began as something that just happened. I never I never sat down one day and was like, this is what all my work is going to be about. Like it just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I would create like several different types of bodies of work, but like it was always the ones around this topic that kind of got the most conversation starting and Mm -hmm. I think that's what helped me realize that like nobody's really talking about this sense of like feeling lost and like you know so I it kind of just like happened by accident it was a happy accident I guess Mm -hmm. Um, and now it just like is something that I don't have to think about doing it Mm -hmm. just happens I think it's so interesting because I feel like obviously everything that you will produce will have such a huge sense of your own self like as a person and a lot of times these things aren't deliberate like you said they just so happen and then you realize it comes it hits you and you're like oh wait a minute all my artwork that I love so much or all the things that I create or it could it doesn't even have to be artwork it could be like the way you choose to have breakfast or the way where you choose to have or what you choose to have for breakfast just shows you so much about yourself and 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 it's such an it's so insightful and you don't realize that until you do you know which I think is yeah. so interesting. Um, and I just wanted to like sort of segue the question into like, I, you're based, you're, well, you go to the, you, you go to the UK for uni, right? Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering if that has influenced that change, like moving abroad and then coming back home. Does that change or shed light on the city that you grew up in differently in any way? Definitely. Um, when I went to uni, the first time I visited home, after coming back the first like project I did was a zine called Memories of Sharjah Um, and just like that speaks for itself the fact that like after moving away for three months and coming back and the first thing I produce is that like that in itself is like a whole other thing but I think like it made my connection to Sharjah a lot stronger than it ever was because when you have something you don't realize how valuable or important it is but the second it's like taken away from you and it's at a distance Mm -hmm. you suddenly like realize and that's how I felt like in terms of like appreciating the little things because my mind was open to the rest of the world and seeing how like for example London was such a different life that like everything else that that I remembered about Sharjah was just like magical all of a sudden and you know how you say like um (laughs) yeah exactly magical and and like gem and like like hidden gem or whatever were those things that you uh like were those things that you always like were those things did you always have that view of Sharjah growing up magical gem like whatever like because I feel like yeah growing up I feel like a lot of times looking I don't know if it was just because you said when you have something it's different than when it's taken away from you but like I never left uni for uni I go to uni in Abu Dhabi so for me I had like this moment of realization and like like I don't know if it was an awakening or or if it was like actually growing up and finding yourself and sort of having those insights like we were talking about uh but like it's so funny because like you grow up and you don't realize, you know what I mean? All these things that make you so happy. And then one day you're yeah. just like, wait a minute, like, yo. <laughs> Do you think you've developed now the tools to talk about your your memories and attachment to Sharjah, to talk about your Desi um, 
identity and and perspective and or do you think you're still looking for those tools? Do you think you're still growing your toolkit? I think I've definitely like in the past year or two, like those tools have been growing for me. Um, but it's also about like realizing that like it's it shouldn't be something that I have to search for. Like it's just naturally coming to me, if that makes sense. Like especially in terms of like accepting the Desi culture and all of that. It's also like letting go of this feeling of like being a lost third culture kid, like not mm-hmm. knowing where I belong and realizing that it's not about that anymore. It's about accepting whatever I have and like basically being proud of it no matter how complicated or confusing it is like nobody has the right to tell me I'm not enough of one thing and too much of the other exactly yeah Yeah. I totally like I think complexity is something that we need to start um accepting or like um advocating for you know a lot of people want to create so many binaries and so many like labels and so many like this, 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 and that. You can either do this or you can either do that. But yeah. it just makes people lost, you know? It leaves people lost. Um, and I think I value that a lot. I value complexity so, so much. I agree. I think a lot of it, like, comes from, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like, you know, introductions and, like, small talk and whatever, it's made yeah. in a way that is supposed to be, like, easy easy bites of who I am yeah. and here you go. And But, like, why should it be never, easy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why does it ever have to be, uh, like, why do those labels have to exist in the way that they do? And why is it that you're always asked the same stupid questions? Like, you know what I mean? And, like, they're only stupid because there's an expected answer. Whereas, like, say, yeah. for example, if I asked you, um, like, oh, where did you grow up or where are you from? Or that kind of question without expecting a one-worded answer, it won't be a stupid question anymore. Yeah. You know what I did recently? One time on a Google form, I was asking, yeah. I wanted to ask people like where they're from. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, wait, this is a complicated question. question so I wrote yeah. a whole explanation. I was like, where are you fo- from? And then in brackets, I said, me personally, my mom is Moroccan. My dad is Emirati. So sometimes I say Moroccan Emirati, but I grew up in the UAE my whole life. So I call myself Emirati. <laughs> so I'm from the UAE. And I wrote this whole paragraph yeah. <laughs> explaining to them the concept of like, you know, you can tell me wherever you want to say you're from, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, I feel like also there's like, like there's ways that people try to go against it, but it becomes equally as loaded where it's like, what do you call home? And I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> like, Also, I think this idea of like the answer having to be an easy bite is like yeah. conforming to like the Western world just because like... Yes. For, the Western... Yeah, yes. the Western world and like basically like non-poc like because for them it's just like a simple answer of like one or two different places whereas like for some of us it's like so confusing and then we we Mm. feel like not good enough because we're not able to put it into a sentence yeah yes i love this decolonization that is happening right now right here (laughs) because it really is it's it's an effect it's a result of the borders that colonialism has created, you know? And the reason that people from the global South move so much from place to place to place to place is because colonialism has forced this constant movement. And that's why, like, I think that identity and conceptualizing your identity as a person, as an individual, is so hard for us 
because we have to live in this context of moving post the colonial and post the Western. That's why for Western perspective, simple questions are so simple because they're simple. And then, yeah, I like that. I love and just because that our answers are more complicated doesn't mean we should be any less. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's so interesting is like these little borders that you're talking about, Saddam, that were like imposed, they don't make sense to us. You know what I mean? Like, say, for example, the way that like uh, the way that there's like an enclave of Iman in the UAE, but then there's also like borders that don't make sense because they didn't exist prior. Like, you know what I mean? The the segregation between one state from another that prior to there was no se- segregation, like the Bremi area that had to be segregated into Iman versus Al-Ain. Like, you know, this is me speaking from my experience. And I, and I know uh, being Amrati, it's not even that complicated. There's so much more complicated borders all around like the global south. Um, and it doesn't make sense because they're, I don't think they're manifestations of our own identity. They're, they've been imposed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of times you'll ask people from uh, the global south where they're from or something, and they won't even respond to you with a country. They respond to you with a region, maybe. And I feel like that says a bit more uh, to some people than it does about, like, do you know it's what I mean? It's a collective identity. Yeah, yeah. it's very yeah. much a collective identity. Yeah. Do you, like, like, I forgot, but how do you how do you mention where you're from? Do you say yeah. I'm from the UAE? Do you say I'm from Sharjah? Do you say what do you say? It depends on who's asking and where they're asking and how they're asking. It's literally a different okay. answer for each person. Like if I'm in London and someone asks me, I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm Indian, but I grew up in Dubai." Like obviously, I say Dubai because they're not going to know what Sharjah is, and half the time they don't <laughs> even know what UAE is. But exactly. if it's like yeah, or if it's like someone asks me here like yeah i'm like ethnically indian but like my parents grew up in africa like there's just so many different variations of this answer that mm. i don't have a like a straight up answer yeah yeah and i think i like that this um exploration of of like where you're from is seen in the images cuz the images you shoot for this series yeah. are very much documentary style images. They're documentations yeah. of spaces, of people in spaces and people living in those spaces. Because a lot of the times when you see photographers from the region photographing the Desi community... They're not even South part Asian of the community. They're not even part of the yeah. community. More time, they're um, like a white person. Yeah. And it's like, it's frustrating because sometimes they want to do like, oh, let's do a portrait of every single one and let's... Um, show them or let us go see what they're doing and let's take pictures of them on the streets and whatever yeah. and it's like do you know who these people are have That's you been so a funny. part of their community yeah no it's so funny you say that because i remember i took a photography class and there's this guy in the class he's a really good photography uh, photographer but i remember for one of his projects he was taking pictures of like uh, migrant constructors that were constructing a building a- across from my university and I was like why are you doing that though like what like what what is it about like why like you know what I mean like like what's the relevance you know? to you yeah, personally yeah you white man from like from Europe like wh- like what's calling you you like, know what I mean here it's not like we're like little museum pieces that you can come do you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah please yeah. like why you know the for that specific anecdote, the person could have gone and taken pictures of the construction itself, you know, mm, of the yeah. material, of the building, of the cement, of the like, the underground or whatever. But they chose to focus on the people 
yeah and there were portraits like I don't know like I don't know it was very like editorial like you know so I was just like <laughs> what are you yeah, doing look at this yeah. aesthetic yeah like, it's, like, it's yeah. literally colonization on our grounds and it's weird <laughs> I'm tired colonization through the camera lens um wow anyways can you tell us because now you are someone that is part of the community the Desi community in Sharjah a community that has really defined Sharjah so yeah. much so in the history of the development of Sharjah both culturally and architecturally and infrastructurally yeah. and economically the Desi community is a big part of it can you tell us specifically about the main story of this photo series and the main subjects um, that you look at specifically the jeweler shop um, owners so um, in my essay, as if you've read the jeweler shop, the jeweler shop owners basically, um, his dad and uncle brought the first jewelry store in the whole of Bar Dubai to the UAE. Like they were the first gold jewelers, like back mm-hmm. in the day, and that in itself, like being a man from Gujarat, India, same place which I originate from, like it's just such a big deal. Like to come to a country. Oh, I didn't like know that. This. That's so nice. The personal connection. That he's from the same yeah, place. Yeah, like you. yeah, he's from the same place and like like to arrive from India by boat and be the first Indian man and like b- making the first jewelry shop like that that in itself is just such an insane thing and like I never like knew this fact until like I actually went to him specifically and I was like tell me the story of how you got here basically. Um yeah. but like it was this it was just like this is such a personal story to me because I literally spent my entire childhood like walking in and out of this jeweler store. And like when I was a kid, I never really like I wasn't phased by it for me, like going to the jewel, going to the gold soup, blue soup thing. Like for me, the highlight was like getting a chocolate soft serve from the cafeteria. Like that's the yeah. only reason my mom would take me with her. Like that's how she'd bribe me. She's like, if you come with me, like I'll get you an ice cream. Like that's what it was. <laughs> it yeah, was nothing that. more than going with her to get an ice cream. <laughs> but like... <laughs> As I grew older and, like, every time I'd walk into that shop, like, all the staff would always, like, treat me like their own little daughter. And then, like, as I started, like, you know, like, appreciating jewelry itself and, like, actually, like, wanting to see what he's selling and, like, things like that. It's when I started to slowly realize that, like, wait, like, this is actually so cool. Like, why why was I, like, neglecting this all this time? Like, why did I not think it was interesting? And then I think my, like biggest kind of contrast was like moving to London then coming back here and then like revisiting Bobin and his dad and like then it all just made sense and like I really realized how much importance they hold as a family and like generational jewelers basically and like I just really wanted to like capture that story in its essence and like as raw as possible like after me basically living through it that makes sense like I grew up yeah. along this little story See, you know yeah you know this is such this is why your perspective I feel like gives much more value because some key things that you touch on you mentioned family you mentioned how you go to these shops for soft serve you mentioned how you come to a realization of their importance it's so different from someone entering this space and not being a part of the space and, and it's like, like oh wow at look at these the jewelers aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, look at how pretty this is. Look at how cultural this is. I know so yeah. many people that go to the the souks in Dubai, Sharjah, and Karama, Dhabi, or, and yeah, Dhabi doesn't have. 
but uh, like um go to these places and like oh these are so cool and and the thing is like tourists obviously that makes sense even i as a tourist when i go to another yeah. country i would go to these places but as a photographer as someone documenting the lives and the and the identities mm-hmm. your perspective gives more value i also think again like it's like with that like uh like quote unquote coming of age I think we had this conversation before where we were like, oh, before you just exist and you'd be like, oh, there's people and whatever. And then it hits you. You're like, all these people have lives. They all had a childhood. They all have interactions. They all have family. Like, it's not that. just yeah. me. I'm not just the only main character. Yeah, they're, they're not just <laughs> exactly. like side characters in my life. Like, you know what I mean? You're everybody's like, their own main character. Yeah. Everyone exists. And I love that. I love that about Analog too, by the way. Yeah? Mm. I love that about analog photography because analog photography highlights that. Because with analog photography, you spend so much time with the person. You can't just like snap the picture real quick, you know? It's like you have to sit there and you have to think about the lighting and you have to think about the person and then you take the picture. For me, like analog, it captures like that moment like as a standstill in time because like you can't really change the way an analog image looks like the way you can Photoshop a regular picture, it's just not mm. the same. And it's, yeah, you can't hide the truth, basically. You can't. Yeah. I love it. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to me in terms of like my ethos as a photographer and like this mm-hmm. raw and unfiltered quote I keep using. <laughs> yeah. Because like that's what analog exactly does. Um, what I wanted to bring this to then was after this whole conversation about your identity, your relationship to the Desi community, your relationship to Sharjah. How do you think this then translates into being a part of the Khaliji community? Um, how does it translate into the Desi, the Desiness of you and of this community being included in the Khaliji-ness of this whole region? Which yeah. I think is a very significant thing that always needs to be acknowledged yeah and i think you know it's when you look at like a venn diagram if you see like khadij identity and like does identity or at least how it is manifested in the khadij like the intersection is way larger than the outer circles like you know what I mean? that little intersection and in i middle. think the intersection in the middle is something that people never even think about and never even like question because it doesn't make sense like quote-unquote sense but like to 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 question it it because it's so natural yeah in terms of like what you're saying um being like a desi member in the khaliji discourse is like completely separate to like being a desi person in for example india Mm -hmm. you know like that's why it's also like i i mentioned in my essay that like i'm not as connected to my indian ethnicity as those who have probably grown up in India just because I feel like I have an influence of the Khaliji culture as well and that's just because of like the upbringing in Sharjah and like everything that happened along the way Mm -hmm. and the Desi culture itself has an influence on the Khaliji culture as well you know, yeah. it's such a two-way conversation. Yeah, and it's not something that is, like, novel. Like, it's nothing that is, like, you know, it's something that's, I think, there's been huge intersections in the culture for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's why I feel like it's so intricate and inherently, like, connected to each other. 
And that's, again, why a lot of people probably won't question it or draw too much light to it because it's not something, again, that you question, you know? Like, yeah. b- but I feel like it's very important to... like to have these conversations and have awarenesses because again like you said there's so much complexity and you don't want to just uh like bring it it down to it yeah and you don't want to just wash it down to a term or a a easy bite sentence like you know what i mean Mm. yeah you want to make it complicated because it is complicated and celebrate it i feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't want to like talk about this close 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 relationship because then they complicate things. Like we were talking about 20 minutes ago. Like mm-hmm. people don't want to complicate things. So they just don't want to acknowledge the closeness of everything. Yeah. Um, but there's so much value to it. So much, so much value. So Malaika, is there anything that you would like to end this episode on? Is there any final remarks, final comments, final perspectives that you want to share with us and the listeners? Uh, one thing that really stood out to me in this conversation was the revelation that why do we feel the need to complicate our answers to conform to the Western standards? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was just like a really important important part that came out in this conversation. Um, and just a reminder that like, don't feel like you're any less just because your answer is a little longer than someone else's. Um, mm-hmm. there's no rules as to how long your answer should be and it doesn't matter if it's more than a sentence exactly. because that answer is what makes you who you are so embrace it thank you so <laughs> yeah. much for that little last like uh, <laughs> a little wise inspirational moment <laughs> yeah uh, I loved it so much thank you so much for like having this conversation with us sharing your art with us and sharing like like you said, your life with us because it's what like makes Sharing you who the you stories are. And with it, us. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, um uh like like the way that you put it together just is very nice. Like it's just what makes you who you Thank are. You. And, it, and yeah. I really appreciated this conversation and you guys oh, we appreciated you too. I really enjoyed this narrative that we got to include in our discourse. I really feel like I always say this to everyone, but the Khaliji identity would simply not exist without the Desi influence, without the Desi relevance, which is the title of um, of Malaika's uh, essay. But it truly is something that I knew within me that we needed to involve and curate into this book. And I'm so glad that we were able to accomplish that with Malaika here, or at least try and attempt to accomplish it, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with what you've just said. I feel like there is such a huge cultural exchange uh, between the Khariji and the Arab identity uh, in exchange with the Desi identity. And I feel like they're, at least from the Khariji's perspective, it's like an integral part of the Khariji and an integral part Very of much. our upbringing. And I feel mm-hmm. like um, a lot of times it's almost... Uh, Looked over. Looked over, maybe trivialized, but I really genuinely feel like it's a huge, huge influence. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad we got to hear Malaika's perspective and we got to see Malaika's perspective of Sharjah specifically, again, uh, the hidden gem of the UAE, I like to believe. (laughs) I think we've all um, sort of come to agree. Yeah, come to agree on that. Um, And just a reminder to go take a look at Malaika's prints they're on our store swalif.store online 
um, and also to uh, go pre-order our book because um, I really enjoyed reading Malika's uh, like essay. I, 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 really, I did. really did. I feel like it just added to the entire experience of, of engaging with her photography mm. and engaging with her as an artist. Yeah, and also remember to follow her and support her at Malika Munshi. That is M-A-L-A-I-K-A-M-U-N-S-H-I um, on Instagram. Keep up with her. Keep up with what she's doing. Um, make sure to also follow us. Make sure to tune in next Wednesday for our next artist. Um, and yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you all so much. Thank you.